Good afternoon and welcome to this webinar launching the EITD, the Employment Income Taxes Dataset. My name is Anne Brockmeyer and I'm the Research Director at TechStev. TechStev stands for the Center for Tax Analysis in Developing Countries. This is a program funded by UK Aid and co-delivered by ODI and the Institute for Fiscal Studies. Now we conduct uh, research and advisory work on taxes and fiscal policy across a range of countries with a focus on Ethiopia, Ghana, Rwanda, and Uganda. The aim of our work is really to contribute to effective tax policy making and to that end, we conduct a number of different activities, including trainings, applied policy analysis, cutting edge research, and also the provision of public goods, such as data resources and tools. And today's presentation of the EITD is uh, really an example of this last strand of our work. The EITD is a novel and publicly available data set, which we hope can become a useful resource for researchers, policymakers and practitioners. Um, my colleagues are going to post in the chat um, the links to the TechStep website and, of course, the EITD uh, dataset and uh, accompanying documentation. So without further ado, let me introduce uh, the agenda of the day and our speakers. So um, we're going to have presentations of the dataset and the first findings emerging from the dataset by Kyle McNabb and Hazel Granger. Uh, Kyle is an ODI research associate and tax policy advisor on the TaxDev program. He's based in Kampala, and he works with the tax policy department there in the Uganda Ministry of Finance Planning and Economic Development. Hazel Granger is uh, a senior research fellow at ODI in the development and public finance team, and she is the TaxDev program lead. She has over 10 years of experience in delivering revenue and PFM reforms across different developing countries. And we're very delighted to be joined by two expert discussants. Um, we have Nara Munkam, who is Director of Research at ATAF, the African Tax Administration Forum, and Sanjeev Gupta, who is Senior Policy Fellow at the Center for Global Development. So we'll first have the presentations by Kyle uh, and Hazel, um, and then we'll hear reactions by Nara and Sanjeev. And in the end, we'll have time for a general Q&A from about 2 to 2.15 2 uh, p.m. You can also raise your hands uh, during the uh, presentations, and I may uh, call on some of you to ask uh, questions uh, during the discussions or during the presentations. Um, and you can also post uh, questions in the chat. Um, the chat is going to be... Uh, um, Sorry, the Q&A box is where we're going to uh, take the questions from for the general discussion. Um, so without further ado, let me hand over to Kyle. Thank you to, to Anne for the introductions. Um, so I'm just going to share my screen at the moment um, and bring up the first presentation. So um, I'm going to assume that everyone can can see, but please let me know in the chat if you if you can't at the moment. Um, so yeah, thank you, thank you to everyone for attending, and good morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on on where you are in the world. Um, so this first presentation um, 
will be a general introduction of what the Tax Day of Employment Income Taxes data set is all about, um, a bit about the history of the data, um, the current status and our future plans uh, for, the, for the data set. Um, so the, the initial ideas for this project came around um, mid-2019, mid so about two and a half years ago. So um, in my day-to-day -day job, as Anne, Anne has just mentioned, I work with the Tax Policy Department of the Ministry of Finance here in Kampala, Uganda. Um, and one of the items on our medium-term revenue strategy agenda and one of the items on, on, on the reform agenda every year is the, is the idea of, of reform to personal income tax thresholds. Um, indeed, this, this July will mark uh, 10 years since Uganda has, has changed its thresholds um, or its personal income tax system in any palpable way. Um, and whenever thinking about these sorts of income tax reforms or any sort of tax reforms, um, quite often... Um, one of the first questions that we that we ask ourselves or we, we discuss is, well, what do our neighbours do? What do other countries do? And what do personal income tax systems look like um, elsewhere? Um, and when we're thinking about personal income tax reforms over time and and even currently, um, the answer to that is that we, until I believe we've we've made this this resource uh, being launched today, we, we don't really know or we aren't able to really quickly access that information um, the way that we we hope that we now can. Um, there's no existing publicly available source presenting this kind of data um, systematically across countries and over time for low and middle income countries. Um, that's particularly the case for African countries. Um, we've seen that there is some better data availability for countries in Latin America. Um, and of course, the OECD does a very good job of, of producing this data um, in a systematic format um, for their taxing wages publications every year. Um, so we set out to create a panel data set that includes details of employment income tax design in every country worldwide. And as of today, we've completed this uh, for African countries. Um, the, the, the broader aims of the project were that we would be able to create a publicly available resource or tool that's not only useful for research, um, but also easy to access for policymakers thinking about tax reform, but also advocacy groups, civil society, et cetera. Um, that would allow for comparison of, of key indicators such as employment income tax burdens like average and marginal rates faced, what have reform patterns looked like historically, at least in the, the, the recent uh, past, how complex or simply, simple are those systems, um, and how these things differ over time and across countries. Um, and we hope that this EITD project will, will serve as, as a bit of a hub for not just the data, but research itself into employment income taxation in LMICs. Um, as researchers, we know we know an increasing amount, but we know relatively less about concepts like the elasticity of taxable income or taxpayer behavior on intensive or extensive margins um, versus what we know for high income countries. Um, and we hope that the sort of cross-country work that the EITD um, that will facilitate can complement existing sort of in-country studies. Um, but importantly, we hope that it's a resource that helps to stimulate research, debate and conversation and ideas about the role of employment income tax in, in low and middle income economies. Um, as we'll probably touch on a bit, there's a lot of interesting questions that we can't currently answer with available data. And I think the EITD poses a number of questions that we still can't put our, you know, put a pin on. Um, but I hope that it it becomes a sort of resource for 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 thinking about how we might go about answering those questions in the future. 
Um, in terms of in terms of the concepts um, here, we, we've adopted this moniker of employment income tax, um, which essentially covers all mandatory income taxes, personal income taxes or other surtaxes uh, charged on wage and salaries from formal employment. And we also incorporate um, employee social security contributions. Um, for most African countries, the majority Kyle, of- I'm sorry, are you flipping through your slides? Because I can yes, see the title slide see. only. Uh, sorry, uh, let me stop the share and start again. Uh, has it improved? Uh, it's not full screen yet. I can see the title slide and the others in on the left. Is it the same for everybody else? I imagine it is. Let me try one more time. Ah, yes, right. Are we good? Are we moving between slides? Yeah, yeah, now it's great. Perfect. Apol apologies, um, but thanks for flagging. Um, so when we're talking about employment income tax, this includes all mandatory income taxes or surtaxes and employee social security contributions that are levied on wage and salary earnings from formal employment. Um, and the majority of this does take the form of what we would know as a personal income tax. Um, but that differs from country to country. Um, so the, the data included um, in the EITD um, covers all employment income tax rates and thresholds, um, including those surtaxes where those are levied. Um, all personal deductions are indicated, whether that be come through a zero rate, a tax credit, rebate and abatement, or a personal allowance, um, in addition to um, data on what employee social security rates look like, whether those are tax deductible, and whether those are subject to earnings, floors, and ceilings. Um, so all of that's included uh, within the database itself. Um, deductions for dependent allowances, um, so for children, spouses, disability, and old age allowances are present where those are available. Um, some of the data on that is slightly less complete, um, specifically with those disability and old age allowances. Um, but broadly, broadly, we do account for um, what, what I think you can probably term as personal income tax, tax expenditures um, within those tax systems. Um, and there's very detailed metadata, source notes and information uh, within the data set uh, itself and the accompanying technical document. Doc documentation, um, which, which guides on the interpretation of, of what is included in the data set. Um, in terms of our, the limitations of what's in there and what we don't focus on, um, we don't focus on employment income taxes that aren't levied at the central government level. Um, Thus far, this hasn't been um, this hasn't been a very pertinent issue as we've only um, as we've only compiled the data for for African countries where most of the income taxes are levied by the central government. Um, if there were a case where there was taxes collected or levied by the state or local local government, um, if these were were levied nationwide at the same level, uh, we would we would then incorporate those. Um, we don't include data on income tax rates and thresholds for self-employment income, um, nor do we for non-resident earners. Um, there, there are some interesting questions about the taxation of non-resident income in many low and middle income countries. And we did initially set out to look at how non-resident income is taxed, but it became very difficult um, to capture this information systematically over time and across countries. Um, crucially, we also like, also as researchers, we're we're often interested in the impact of the fiscal system as a whole. Um, 
what, uh, how, how, how tax and spending affect individuals or households, income, um, inequality, poverty, etc. Um, in order to build this picture, you do require detailed data on the spending side of the budget, and that is data on cash transfers, grants, and others, in order to build that picture up. Um, the EITD does not um, account for that, save for any spending that comes through the tax system, through allowances or deductions. Um, but we 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 think and we hope that the EITD lets us consider the tax burden in a lot more detail um, and a, a touch more granularity than other sources um, have uh, up until this point. Um, the sources of the data that's in the data set, um, I've kind of broadly split into primary and secondary sources here and left out a, a large number of smaller sources that we consulted. Um, but we, we looked at national tax laws, income tax amendment acts, um, where those were available, um, publications or websites of ministries of finance uh, or revenue authorities, including um, archived versions of those websites, which, which definitely help when you're looking sort of five, 10, even 15 years into the past for data. Um, and then secondary data, um, or secondary sources such as we've relied um, quite a lot on data from um, you know, professional services firms, um, as listed there, um, IMF country reports uh, in, in the late 1990s and early 2000s, the statistical appendices of those reports did contain quite often a summary of, of a country's tax system, including how employment income was taxed. Um, and for, for, for social security rates and information, um, we used the Social Security Administration's social security programs throughout the world publications, um, which contain very rich data for almost every country in the world on how um, mandatory um, employee social security is, is levied. The major sort of disclaimer that I've I've sort of said um, across across the things we've written thus far is that all of this data is subject to our own understanding and interpretation. And um, there's an absolutely huge volume of data that we've consulted, and all of that is subject to our own understanding or interpretation of 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 what those sources say. Um, there will undoubtedly be cases where we haven't quite captured exactly the essence of of what those sources have said, um, or there may have been slight discrepancies with regard to where um to you know when exactly a reform occurred um wh whether that was enacted exactly at the date that the law was assented to or it came later um how that maps from a fiscal year to a calendar year etc cetera, etc cetera. um but we we kind of want to present this as a very sort of open project and we hope that anyone that interacts with the data who who is able to sort of understand it and and, and study it or use it um is able to kind of point us in the right direction if there are things that we have um that we have missed um, so a very simple overview of the data, um, it's, it runs from around about 1995 for most countries until 2020. Um, the choice to start this data in 1995 was, was sort of a balance of um, availability of sources and availability of resources. The, the, the marginal effort for grabbing observations for every year pre-2000 was increasing the further we went back. Um, but 1995 kind of hit the sweet spot with regard to good coverage and, um, and, but also verifiable uh, data. Um, so the data contains just over 1,300 uh, complete observations. Um, and we've defined a complete observation um, as one where for the main employment income tax in operations, such as a personal income tax, um, we, have, we have all of the rates and thresholds uh, covered in the, in the data set. 
Um, in total, I think we have about 90 or 91 percent coverage um, of possible observations between 1995 and 2020 across those countries, um, which which I was I, I sort of went into this project not fully knowing what to expect with regard to coverage. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised at how available a lot of the old um, tax legislations were uh, simply online or, or in other in other places. Um, all of the all of the data is presented in current annual local currency units, um, and the EIT schedules are in are in what I've called a wide format. So on on the screen you see Rwanda's personal income tax schedule uh, as it stands today, um, and quite often you'll see tax schedules written like this. Um, in the EITT, um, each year each country year observation has a separate row, so we simply transform the data to look as follows: with LB and UB standing for each lower bound and upper bound, and the rate uh, levied in between those. So um, as a very quick exposition of what you can kind of do with the data, um, I plotted the marginal tax rates over time for Tanzania. Um, didn't pick on Tanzania for any particular region, for any particular reason, um, but you, this is one way that the that the data set, you know, you can really kind of start to bring it to life um, with useful graphics and things. So the marginal tax rates in Tanzania in the year 2000 looked as follows. Um, by 2010, they had been reformed such that the first rate had fallen from, from about, about 17, 18% to 15% and the tax-free allowance had increased. Um, and by the year 2020, you can see that almost every marginal rate um, had been reformed um, and I should say that there were many more reforms um, in Tanzania between 2000 and 2020. It's, uh, it's one of the countries that showed more frequent reform over, over our study period. Um, if you wanted, you could map every single reform that's happened in Tanzania over that time in a kind of exposition like this. Uh, going from back to front, you see every marginal tax rate schedule between zero and a million Tanzanian shillings income per year um, that's been in place in Tanzania over the past two decades. Um, I'm not nailed on that this is the best way to show this data, but I think you can start to you can start to think about um, ways in which this can be visualized quite neatly, um, such as this. So in terms of um, accessing the data, it's freely available, as we said. Um, it's online in, at the moment, in Excel format. Um, and if you want to find your way there, um, there may be a link in the chat, um, but you can also search for EITT on ODI's homepage um, and you'll quite quickly find your way there. Um, and there is an accompanying technical guide which goes into a lot more depth than I've gone into today regarding the construction of the data, uh, limitations, assumptions, the variable definitions are in there as well. And then I, I would encourage anyone who's actually using the data um, to concurrently look at the notes and metadata in the Excel sheet with those in the technical guide. There's quite a bit of interpretation that's gone on into understanding the way in which income is taxed um, for many of these observations. So um, I hope that we've been fairly transparent and documented that to the best um, of our abilities. Um, in terms of where we're going in the future with this, um, at the moment it's available for those 54 African countries. Um, by the end of this year, that data will also be complete for Latin America, Caribbean and East Asia Pacific um, as, as defined by the World Bank's regional groupings. Um, so that will be 70, 71 countries combined extra um, by the end of this year. And we hope that by some point in 2023, we'll be able to, to sort of pick up the remaining non-OECD countries 
Um, at, at, at which point we sort of start to move toward having like a truly global like look at, at how employment income is taxed around the world. Um, the data, I think I mentioned before, the data for OECD countries is captured like very neatly and updated on the regular on the OECD statistics portal. Um, and the data that we've that we've presented here is relatively straightforward to merge um, with that data and start to do comparisons with um, for those um, different countries and regions. Um, beyond 2023 if there's demand um we might look into we might look into like thinking about periodic updates to the data once we've achieved that kind of near global coverage um maybe every every other year or something like that but that's definitely something to that we'll consider further down the line um and later this year like i'm very aware that at the moment it's an excel spreadsheet um and it's not super accessible for so many users um um it, it's Certainly, certainly fine. I guess if you're a researcher used to taking the data into another platform, um, but but we've built a very simple sort of effective tax rates uh, simulator tool in Excel that will allow um, allow users to quickly simulate effective tax rates at set U.S. dollar amounts. We might um, change this to allow for set local currency amounts for each country. Um, we haven't quite nailed down what we want to do with that yet, but that will be a sort of a, um, a, a nice sort of easier easier entry into the data set for for a lot and this is underpinned by the simulation model that we've built for the first working paper um that we're going to talk about in just a bit so that will come at some point this year as well um and in terms of research um the current research we're going to talk about at length just now i won't dwell on it um planned for this year um we're going to look into how um, or the, the interaction between employment income tax and inequality across the income distribution, um, hopefully using inequality or income data from the Paris project or the UNU wider income inequality database. Um, we also are really keen to start to look into the effects of bracket creep or fiscal drag um, across, uh, across the African data. Um, beyond this year, um, once the data for other regions comes on board, um, we hope to really start looking into some comparative pieces um, and so when and at that point, when when we have a sort of picture of how employment income is taxed globally, um, I think there'll be some fairly fruitful um, pieces of research that come come from that at that point. Um, so that's a very quick run through the database um, and what's there currently. So I'm now going to um, pass off to Hazel, who will start us through the, the research findings thus far. Thank you, Kyle. Um, I think Hazel is uh, loading her slides. Looking forward to the presentation. Thank you, Kyle and uh, Nan, and hello, everyone. Um, so um, let me just make sure that you can see the screen. I actually can't change the slides now. It looks very good. Um, so I'm just having a problem being able to change the slides. Let me just try again. Okay, here we go. So um, the present this presentation is based on the uh, working paper that we published alongside the data set, um, and it's intended to provide an overview of uh, some of the key findings from the data on patterns of income tax regimes across Africa. 
Um, and it's also uh, intended to demonstrate the type of analysis that can be done with this data set. Um, and as Kyle said, there, there are a lot of possible research questions that could be explored around the topic of employment income taxes. Um, and, and with our first analysis, we're not yet able to answer a lot of these definitively um, or to be very prescriptive about um, the policy implications. So this isn't intended to be an evaluation of African tax regimes against good practice. Um, but as a first step towards informing um, that type of process, we aim to start documenting what is actually currently happening. So we can, for the first time, uh, show from a panel of African countries from 1995 to 2020, um, the evolution of employment income taxes across Africa. Um, and we also look at reform episodes, um, what has changed and how frequently. Um, and then we explore what the data shows about tax burdens and progressivity of taxes um, using analysis of effective tax rates. So let's jump straight into it. Um, the, the first three key points that we found were that um, indeed personal income, uh, personal income is taxed in all African countries. Um, there were a few exceptions, um, including uh, the Seychelles, which uh, just more recently introduced a personal income tax in 2010. Um, secondly, most uh, countries follow a progressive rate structure. Uh, we found three countries that um, during the period that we looked at um, used a flat rate, um, including Mauritius and Seychelles, which have since um, changed to a more progressive structure. Um, and leaving only Madagascar now on a, on a flat rate. And then thirdly, uh, we found quite wide variation in the number of marginal rates and bands. Um, the highest historically we found was uh, Cabo Verde, um, which until 2014 had 53 uh, personal income tax bands. Um, and and that, uh, we've actually excluded that from this chart here um, as an outlier. Um, but the overall trend across countries has been towards a simplification or reduction of the number of rates and bands over time. Um, and, and apart from Cabo Verde, the highest number of bands now is 12 in Angola. Um, and you'll see from here that the average number now is five, um, which is reduced from 7.5 in 1995. Um, so looking at uh, within the rates and bands, there has been a steady decrease on average across countries in the top marginal rates of income tax from 39% to 31%. Um, and this was slightly offset by an increase in rates of social security contributions, um, but still shows a, an overall downward trend. And within this, um, we found a wide range of top rates um, from 12% in Guinea-Bissau to 60% in Cote d'Ivoire. Um, and we have included here a comparison with the OECD. Um, and that shows that African top rates on average are below those of the OECD. Um, and this is actually part of a, a longer term downward trend globally. Um, and while you see here rates in the OECD did rise again after the financial crisis, um, the current rates are actually still lower overall than, than in earlier decades, if you go back further. Um, so we also look at the level of income at which the bottom and top marginal rates of income tax are applied. Um, and looking at the lower rate of income tax, um, economists offer uh, some guiding principles on the design of personal income tax. Um, 
which would typically include um, a marginal rate or rates between zero and one, uh, setting of rates and bands to consider the behavioural effects on the supply of labour at the margin, and a, and a progressive rate structure um, tilted towards ability to pay so that the rich pay relatively more um, than those on lower incomes. But beyond that, um, there's, there's not too much further detail in terms of design principles that are commonly understood, particularly for um, or those that might be applicable to the specific context of lower income countries, um, like uh, several of those in sub-Saharan Africa. Um, and there, there may be issues such as, um, you know, where there are high levels of informality and tax can act as a barrier to entering formal employment. Um, how does that affect the design of income tax? Um, and are the bottom marginal rates set at higher levels of income because of the administrative cost of collecting tax from a large number of low income essentially informal taxpayers um, and, and where are uh, where there are high levels of absolute poverty is there any common practice in protecting those on low incomes either through uh, tax-free allowances or, or other kind of compensating transfers so we were interested to look at whether there are any particular features of the African tax systems that might be taking these factors into account um, and when you look at the data um, we see that there's actually no obvious common practice across countries because there's quite wide variation in the setting of the lower tax thresholds. Um, although we see that um, personal income tax actually kicks in at very low levels of income in some cases. Um, to put this into context, we uh, measured the, um, each country's bottom tax threshold relative to the international poverty line of $1.90 a day in PPP terms. Um, and uh, on this chart here, the orange line represents where the income tax, the, the lower income tax threshold or the level of taxable income is equal to the poverty line. Um, and you can see that the, uh, the highest rate at which income tax kicks in is 35 times the poverty line in Swaziland. Um, and for the median country, the lowest tax rate kicks in at a daily income of about $6.20. And we found 13 countries um, are actually below the line, um, which is about one in four countries in Africa. Um, and some of these have a bottom threshold below the, the $1.90 level, um, such as Sudan and Somalia. Um, and there are others that actually have no tax-free allowance um, and effectively all income is subject to tax, um, uh, such as um, DRC, Mozambique and Nigeria. But it's important to note that in reality, um, it may be unlikely that someone on such low income would actually be taxed since most employment income tax is collected through formal employment withholding regimes, um, which tend to be um, based on higher, higher wage levels. Um, but it is still in principle liable to tax. Um, we also don't look at transfers. I think Carl mentioned this earlier that um, so there may be compensating effects on those liable for tax at the lowest income levels, but we weren't able to look at that in this study. So then looking at the level of income at which the highest marginal rate tax kicks in, uh, there are some similar considerations that we might expect countries to take into account, um, including at, at higher levels of income, supply of labour might be more mobile or more sensitive to tax. And some people argue may have more opportunities to avoid the tax so setting of top tax rates typically has to take into account incentives or disincentives to work extra hours at the margin. Um, sorry. 
uh, at higher income levels, there may also be more substitutability between sources of income. So um, tax, uh, not on just employment income, but other forms of income are relevant as well to look at. So um, including things like dividends, property, interest or royalties. Um, and then in terms of progressivity, uh, where the highest rate kicks in will determine what proportion of workers in the income distribution pay the highest rate of tax. Um, and in this analysis, um, we didn't have access to very good data on the income distributions across countries. Um, so we don't know exactly where the top rates kick in relative to that income distribution. Um, but we use the GDP per capita for now as a, a rough proxy for average wages. Um, and so when we look at, um, sorry, I think I've gone the wrong way. There we go. Um, when we look at the top marginal um, rates and where that kicks in relative to GDP per capita, uh, we've put this together um, in, the, in this chart, as you can see, where a value of one in the chart means that the top rate uh, threshold is set at an income level equal to GDP per capita. So um, again, there's wide variation um, between the countries ranging from 1.2 times GDP per capita in South Sudan to um, 100 times GDP per capita in Malawi. And um, the, uh, the orange line here represents the median. Um, and in most countries, um, African countries, the top rate of tax does kick in at a rate above the GDP per capita. Uh, and in the median country is about five times GDP per capita. Uh, and this is actually slightly above the equivalent OECD level, um, which sits at about 3.4 times GDP. Um, so how have um, employment income tax regimes changed across Africa over the 25 years that we looked at? And this table here shows that um, countries made reforms to income tax bans more frequently than rate reforms, um, but still only representing one reform about every five and a half years. And we find that this long gap is typically followed by some kind of correction, such as for inflation. Um, and reforms typically involve reducing top marginal rates and raising the lower thresholds. Um, so some systems are adjusted um, almost annually, and then we find that others have actually had no change at all in the 25 years that we looked at. Um, and this does offer one explanation for some of the very low levels of income uh, liable to tax in some countries. So, um, you know, that may reflect policy choices, of course, but um, it can also be historic due to a lack of reform over time causing fiscal drag. Um, so in, in some low-income countries, um, in our experience at least, there can be a reluctance to reform uh, personal income tax thresholds in line with inflation because of the need to protect revenues. So um, this does suggest a need to think more about packages of reforms, including alternative revenue sources that could replace the lost revenue to enable further reform to take place. So um, I'll now hand back to Kyle. And uh, to talk a bit more about the issue of tax burdens and progressivity. Okay, thanks, uh, Hazel. So, um, a big part of the work that we wanted to do with with the EATD was to try and come come up with some sort of estimates of what average um, effective tax rates looked like for the average employee um, across African countries and over time. Um, very difficult um, to 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 find um, to find good. 
cross-country panel data with a panel dimension on unemployment earnings um, on the African continent. Um, you know, many, many OECD countries regularly have labor force surveys, for example. Um, and there, there are an increasing number of African countries that do um, carry out labor force surveys or household surveys more systematically. And the, the ILO has done a very good job in, in synthesizing all of that data and does have a series of of data that allows us to look at what average um, earnings might look like over over African countries over time. Um, unfortunately, the data was was still quite sparse for for what we wanted to do. But we do, in, in one section of the paper, look into it, um, and we hope that in the future, um, like more more granular data on on earnings on the African continent does become available. Um, so when whenever we're trying to look at what employment income tax burdens look like. Um, we anchored our analysis again around this idea of GDP per capita, um, simply because it gives us um, gives us very good coverage over time and across countries, um, but um, obviously subject to some caveats. We we don't want to um, we 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 don't want to to make the impression that we, we believe that GDP per capita is a very accurate measure of average wage earnings, um, especially so in low-income countries that might, for example, have a very high GDP per capita due to natural resource revenues, um, where the average earner in the country may actually earn very little and that income is not evenly distributed throughout the country. Um, so the, there's kind of pros and cons to, to taking this uh, approach. Um, there's there's a little bit of... of um, previous literature that's used this before um the, the studies that are on screen um, so there's there's a bit of precedent for analysis of this sort but we're very aware of the of the limitations of, of anchoring our analysis around the figure of gdp per capita um can we move to the next slide so we we built a simulation model using the uh, EITD in order to estimate tax burdens at any predetermined value of, of Y or, or of income. So um, this incorporates all of the facets of, of the data set that we earlier walked through. Um, and we essentially set Y equal to Y1 equal to one times GDP per capita. And then we've calculated employment income tax burdens at set intervals of GDP per capita between 0 0.5 times and five times uh, GDP per capita. Um, and these burdens mirror those that are used in, in some of the some of the OECD work, um, which obviously has much better or much um, more granular detailed information on on wage data. Um, so the the question that we're essentially asking is, what do effective tax rates look like if an individual earned a wage equivalent to GDP per capita or some multiple of that? Um, and so we consider the case of an individual resident taxpayer. So we don't take into account any allowances for dependents, uh, marriage or anything like that at this point. Um, and so the next slide shows um, the results of what this looks like. Um, I, I should apologize for the, the plethora of bar charts. I'm not very creative with how I show information, but um, this essentially shows um, the effective tax rate that an individual would be liable to pay in the year 2019 if he or she earned an incoming or a salary equal to GDP per capita. And you can see immediately that there's a wide, a wide range across, um, across countries. And this ranges from a number where the effective tax rate would be zero um, to, to the likes of Algeria, where that figure stands at about 17 or 18%. And the average is just over four and a half percent. So this chart only shows for personal income tax. If we then move to the next slide, we add on top of that, compulsory employee social security contributions and surtaxes where those are levied. And um, 
you see, again, quite a large spread across countries. You see that the average, which is shown by the horizontal line, increases to around about, um, I believe, eight or eight and a half percent. Um, and you see some things emerging. There's a number of countries where still this um, the 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 individual earning the income equal to GDP per capita would not pay any tax on that. Um, some countries um, where they pay they pay you know 15, 20 percent on that. Um, and in a number of countries, the the social security contribution burden is in fact higher than that from from the personal income tax. Um, in other countries, the the, the contribution from uh, surtaxes is is certainly non negligible. Um, but there is quite a wide spread across the continent, and part of that explanation might lie in the measure that we're using of GDP per capita. Uh, in the paper, we in the paper we do employ that data from the ILO on average wages, and whilst the data is a lot less complete, the sample's somewhat smaller, and so for some countries it's less recent. We we see the same thing. We do see a spread across countries. Um, so there's there's definitely something to unpack below there. Um, Quickly moving on to looking at effective tax rates and personal income tax reform. Um, so I, I'm just focusing on personal income tax here. And we're asking, what, what did effective tax rates look like for an individual earning each of those eight income intervals? So between half of GDP per capita and five times GDP per capita. What did it look like on average in the two years before a reform compared with on average the two years after a reform. And we consider here reforms to threshold allowances or rates simply of the personal income tax in place. Um, and we see that um, we, we see that for sure on average over time, um, reforms to personal income tax have, have lowered effective tax burdens. Um, and, and that comes out um, from, from this exposition. Um, what we also see is that for those on earning simulated lower levels, so between a half or maybe one and a third times GDP per capita, and they seem to benefit proportionally more from reforms on average than those on higher income levels. Um, and this, this starts to speak to, speak to perhaps that, that um, on average over our, our study period, reforms to personal income tax have looked like they're trending in the, in the direction of being, of being progressive. Um, I haven't showed it here today, but just because of time, but actually when we include employment income tax as a whole, that is incorporating social security contributions into this table, um, the picture changes somewhat. And that's that's more to do with the fact that on average over, over our study period, social security rates have been, have been increasing rather than decreasing. Um, but I leave that for if you want to read the paper. Um, as a very stark sort of country example, the next slide shows um, effective tax rates for an individual earning one, two, three, or five times GDP per capita in the Gambia since 1995. Um, and the horizontal lines show when reforms occurred to the personal income tax schedule. And so you look at, for example, the individual earning one time GDP per capita in the, in the mid to late 1990s, their effective tax rate was quite low. Um, and that crept up to almost eight, 9% of their income. And then whenever the reform occurred, immediately that dropped again. Um, to about two or three percent, and you see that for each of the income intervals that we've that we've um, that we've shown there. And this is these corrections are, are a fairly common story across the data, um, especially in cases where where reform is infrequent and inflation has been moderate or high. Um, so if we go to the next slide. Um, this has been a very kind of high level walkthrough. What is what is essentially quite a high level paper. 
and that that's not intended to be very prescriptive in nature um but we wanted to kind of showcase what we can do with the AITD and provide a sort of snapshot of research findings and report what we see in the data the trends that we see um, and there's a lot more in the working paper that we haven't really had a chance to go through today. We, we do quite a lot of work on trying to estimate uh, average rate progressivity um, and understanding how progressive personal income tax systems are um, with the African data. Um, but there's absolutely a need to dig a lot deeper into many of these findings. Um, and I think we show or we say in the conclusion of the paper that each, each of these each of these sections on reform, progressivity, tax burdens, uh, etc. could potentially have been a study in and of itself. Um, but the, the report is 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 fairly light touch in each of those areas, but hopefully it leaves a few questions dangling um, and hopefully um, those are things that we can think about in the future in more depth. Um, I mentioned earlier a couple of studies that we've that we've planned um, um, coming coming or beginning this year, um, but we're we're very kind of open to collaborations um, we're very we're very open to anyone that wants to use the data or has an interesting research idea please do get in touch with us um, also get in touch if you want to hear more about the data or our existing work uh, to date um, I, I understand that it's been quite a rapid run through both of those um, if you'd like to hear more let us know um, the data is free to use um, if if you are using it please get in touch just to just, just to let us know what you're using it for. It'd be very interesting to understand and um, where it's adding value. Um, but I think I think that's everything uh, I wanted to say on the paper. So I will pass it back from you. Great, thank you very much, Kyle and Hazel for this very interesting presentation. Um, so we'll now move directly to our discussants, uh, starting, I believe, with Nara. Nara, the floor is yours. Um, thank you very much, um, and in the, um, uh, thank you very much for for inviting us for for having um, some you know representing um, ATAF here today. Thank you very much uh, to Carl and uh, and Hazel. Congratulations on excellent work. I mean, uh, expanding uh, data coverage in Africa is is, is paramount is, uh, for for policy making. So uh, kudos to 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 both of you and to Texter for that. Um, so uh, what I'm do I will do is basically in my um, uh, feedback, uh, trying to actually bring um, the linkages with um, our African, um, uh, with our ATAF data bank, uh, which is basically um, a, a, a synopsis of, of, uh, of a country tool, of an online data portal that we have um, uh, created for, for African tax administrations um, uh, since uh, 2013 now, uh, covering um, 37 African tax administrations. Um, and uh, in the period of 2010 to 2020, uh, basically covering uh, tax administrative, customs, and macroeconomic data uh, uh, for these countries. Um, actually, let me uh, put um, uh, the. I will. I will actually put the the, the link in the chat right now. So. Um, what we observe um, from that uh, from our ATAF data bank is basically that um, uh, PIT um, is indeed um, a very important source of revenue um, uh, for African countries. Um, actually, um, among the major tax heads, um, PIT revenue ranks second. And if we exclude uh, customs uh, revenue, meaning import VAT, um, anything uh, or import duties or import excise, uh, PIT revenue actually ranks uh, rank first. Um, ahead of uh, corporate income tax and, and, and VAT. So it's a very important source of revenue. And if we consider, for example, the top five countries um, 
uh, in terms of PIT uh, share in domestic tax and taxes. Um, um, the, the, percent, the percentage is basically ranked between 39 and 54 um, uh, percent for, the, for the, the, the share of PIT in domestic tax and uh, 25 to 34 percent in, in total tax revenue for the top five. And for the lower, the bottom five countries, um, the share of PIT in domestic tax range ranges from uh, 2 to 18 percent uh, as a share of domestic tax and to 12% as a share of, uh, of the tax uh, revenue. So, you know, basically highlighting a high level of reliance on, on, on PIT um, uh, for, for, for Africa in general. So in terms of uh, now um, uh, uh, bringing again, that what we have done in terms of the ATAF data bank uh, co covering that administrative tax data. And I have to say to, to the audience that actually it was the, is the tax in those 30, 37 African tax administrations, the head of research planning and statistics that actually came together in 2014 um, to decide themselves what should be the indicators that they need to available, of course, um, that they, 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 they can use um, in Africa to basically assess the performance of the tax, the tax systems and tax administrations and allow them to compare uh, um, across peers, across regions. Um, so, and, and that's why for, for they, they actually limited um, the data collection to 2010, because of course, at the time, there's still uh, a lot of um, uh, tax administration that heavily rely on manual system. So 2010 was the earliest they could go. So in, in, uh, we, we, uh, um, in revising basically, in, in reading and, and seeing, looking at the data set and, and, and reading your, your working papers, I actually thought there will be some potential gain um, that can um, uh, emanate from basically drawing both the ATA data bank and of course the EITD, um, uh, especially for policy making and of course for future research. So some questions that um, we, that came to mind um, are as follows. So for example, how is the share of PIT in tax revenue um, related to actually the related to the top threshold of, of income tax? So do, do we actually see that countries that seem to rely more on PIT tend to have higher uh, top uh, top uh, threshold of income tax or a lower one, so that will be an interesting, uh, I, I think, questions to, to um, uh, actually answer for policy making. Uh, also, do countries, for example, that have a higher share of PIT um, uh, in total tax revenue uh, make more reforms to PIT or lesser reforms compared to their the counterparts? Um, also, um, we see that after the PIT reform, um, we have noticed a tipping point at which PIT tax revenue uh, a share, a share, uh, a share actually picks up or drastically, uh, drastically drops. So or can, we trade, can we draw then on, on PIT reform to explain some sudden changes in the share of PIT tax revenue, for example? And um, have reforms been effective in raising the share of PIT tax revenue? So, uh, and also very interesting question that we actually um, thought to, that came when, when I was observing, when we were observing the two data sets, uh, we were actually trying to see if high effective tax rates um, of PIT actually immediately translate to actually higher share of PIT in, in domestic tax revenue. And we actually uh, kind of play around uh, by doing just, just a, a quick uh, schedule plots between uh, to actually assess the correlation between high effective tax rates and and and, and higher um, uh, 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 PIT revenue, we actually show, uh, 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 saw that the, there was not much of a of a correlation, um, meaning that if um, uh, uh, policymakers actually want to increase the PIT revenue, they might not necessarily 
um, uh, have to, to, to hire to increase the tax burden. And they might actually consider additional sources of revenue or solutions like um, widening the tax nets or producing, um, uh, reducing tax evasion or increasing enforcement, for example. Um, and uh, also, when, from, uh, in terms of reaction to specific findings, for example, in the working paper, we, we, you said that the EIT system had become more progressive of the, over, over the past 20 years, although not for those earning um, higher income. Um, so the question there was, um, would it be that at a higher level of income, of course, because we saw you talked about the example of Calpredi where the number of fans is quite, um, is a very on the, on the high side, but um, would it be that higher income, at higher income, higher rates, for example, may actually start to, to create perverse incentive, like you, you rightly say, like hiding part of income, so largely engaging in tax planning. And then actually, as we, you, you may know, um, to, to actually tackle that issue, um, uh, uh, most, more and more African countries are actually creating, uh, are actually creating high net worth individual uh, tax units within the tax administration to actually tackle that kind of, um, uh, that, that, that bracket of, of high level, of high earners. So another finding, of course, you, you, you rightly said that um, uh, you, you chose to anchor your analysis on the GDP per capita, although it's not a, it's not a perfect measure. We were actually wondering, um, actually, when I was reading that, have you maybe then maybe consider uh, using, um, uh, for example, the, the, the working population as the, instead of the, the GDP per capita, using the GDP per working population, using, I mean, uh, using the ILO data set, uh, for example, DTP per population between 18 or 65 years old, uh, because that's again the working population to see maybe um, uh, to check in terms of robustness as their, your results that maybe be a better proxy um, uh, in the absence of a better, um, you know, actual uh, uh, real data set, uh, a good data set on earnings in, in Africa. So maybe that will be something to explore. Um, uh, some other policy rec uh, consideration, we, we, I mean, uh, in, in terms of policy, we, we actually commend um, uh, you, the, the tax dev there and, and both of you uh, for putting together this, this, uh, this excellent data set. Of course, as you said, it's still it's a work in progress. But, um, uh, uh, and for, of course, we also commend for the, you for the, the analysis, uh, for the originality, the, the value addition and the contribution. Um, to the literature on the PIT. Again, like I said, um, because that's a source of, that's very important for us at ATA, widening the availability of data coverage on, in Africa, especially in, in public uh, finance. Um, uh, but I will say that um, may, maybe uh, going forward, uh, I will really um, invite uh, you to, to, to actually you know, produce policy, uh, policy briefs, policy notes, and actually research that will like, assist the African tax administration and policymakers to actually appropriate um, uh, this data set. And by uh, linking what you have already beautifully done, beautifully done to, to, to all the data sets like the ATAF data bank and other uh, data set out there to actually bring forth um, better policies in terms, of, um, uh, in terms of taxes in Africa. For example, we need to, to make sure that um, uh, how do we uh, how do we angle that the, the data set the analysis to benefit tax officials in Africa and what would be for example the short term of policy changes and quick wins uh, that can be drawn uh, from the analysis coming from the EITD and immediately adopt, uh, adopted by African countries 
and also what can we be what can we uh, what can be missing for tax policy for policymakers in, in, in this data set and how can we bridge that gap uh, like I said with with existing uh, PIT reforms um, on the continent. So, so that those, so those are some of the questions that I thought can be, be very useful to tackle in really making sure that um, uh, policymakers are really appropriate the, the excellent work that you have so far. So that's the, basically that's the feedback that I have um, after um, uh, reading the, uh, you know, consulting, checking the data sets and, and, and the working papers. So, but kudos again for an excellent work. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Nara. These are excellent questions and a lot of food for thought. Um, so we'll now hear from Sanjeev and um, then we'll hear again from Hazel and uh, Kyle. Sanjeev, over to you. Hi, uh, thank you, Anne. Um, let me join Nara in uh, commending the uh, two uh, authors for an excellent piece of work and uh, particularly for a region which is so under-researched. And uh, so they have constructed some very useful data set and uh, they have presented the result in a very interesting manner. Um, I really enjoyed reading the paper. What I'm going to do is going to pick up some of the key results and draw some broad policy implications uh, uh, from those uh, results by linking to the research that I've been involved in the past couple of years. And uh, um, so I, I, that also gives us some ideas about what we could do in the future uh, with this data set. Um, uh, Hazel Kyle data set find that uh, uh, in the past 25 years, uh, reforms carried out in the personal income tax in Africa have been infrequent. Um, and, um, and these reforms have lowered the effective tax rate, uh, the average top marginal rate in Africa is lower than the OECD countries, um, and so on and so forth. So what are the implications of these reforms? First, uh, I see that uh, these reforms have broadened the tax base in uh, sub-Saharan African countries, uh, similar to what Nara was saying. Um, and revenue from personal income tax in sub-Saharan Africa has increased. Uh, by about 1.5% of GDP uh, during 2000-2018. Um, and uh, of course, uh, VAT remains the major source of revenue, but uh, uh, um, uh, personal income tax has also uh, increased. And uh, um, it is possibly because there is a widespread adoption of the VAT, as I said earlier, by most countries in Africa, uh, that has helped strengthen tax administration uh, as countries have adopted uh, improved technology such as electronic final systems. Um, but certainly the ratio of direct to indirect taxes has not improved over, over time, suggesting that the tax system has not become progressive over time. So second, that issue which is interesting to me and I focused on it along with some colleagues is uh, um, what has these reforms meant for income distribution in sub-Saharan Africa? Um, in a study with another colleague, uh, you know, I looked at the impact of tax reforms on income distribution in 45 low-income and emerging market economies. And um, these reforms were implemented uh, during 
2015, uh, that is over a 15 year period, uh, which is shorter than the period covered by um, uh, Kyle uh, Hazel study. Um, our focus was on the impact of these tax reforms uh, on disposable Gini and income share of the lowest 10% of the population. And our sample included not as many countries in Africa as that of uh, uh, Hazel and Kyle. We included 17 uh, countries and we found that the majority of tax reforms in these countries were in the area of goods and services, as I said earlier. And they were implemented during 2000, 2004 period. In the recent period, that is 2005-2015, Africa has been focusing more on corporate income tax reforms. So Kyle Hazel finding that PIT reforms have been implemented infrequently in Sub-Saharan Africa is consistent with our narrative database of tax reforms. So that said, um, our study indicates um, that tax reforms implemented during 2000-2015 in Sub-Saharan Africa did not have any impact on income distribution. Uh, by contrast, the impact of tax reforms on inequality is strongest in other countries in our sample, that is emerging market economies. This uh, highlights probably the lack of income distribution considerations embedded in the tax reforms implemented in Sub-Saharan Africa. Nearly 50% of tax reforms, as I've been saying before, in uh, Sub-Saharan Africa were centered on the value-added tax, which we all know tends to be regressive in nature, uh, particularly when revenue generated by tax is not spent on progressive programs. Uh, our results further suggested that reforms um, in all individual tax categories um, uh, um, uh, are associated with a decline in disposable Gini index with the effect as one would expect being the largest in the case of personal income tax uh, followed by um, uh, tax administrative reforms which tend to improve tax compliance and property taxes and corporate income taxes. So the tax which was found to be most effective in improving um, uh, income distribution in emerging market economies in general did not uh, have an impact on income distribution in Sub-Saharan Africa. Um, the rapid decline in top rates uh, in, of PIT in, uh, in Sub-Saharan Africa since 1990 may have reduced the progressivity of the tax system uh, together with the inability of the sub-Saharan African government uh, governments to expand progressive transfer programs because of insufficient growth in revenues or inability to curtail inefficient uh, public spending. So this brings me to the advice which uh, international financial institutions and donors are giving uh, on tax design in uh, Africa. And believe me, there are, there's a considerable advice being offered. Uh, Kyle should know, sitting in Uganda. Uh, and uh, together with the use of several diagnostic tools uh, in tax policy and tax administration uh, to assess the strength of tax policies and administrative systems 
in, uh, uh, in African countries. It appears that the reform of uh, personal income tax uh, has focused mainly on reducing bans and top rates, and it should start focusing more on progressivity of the tax system, as well as on designing and funding uh, progressive transfer programs. So this will help address widening income disparities in these countries, but more importantly, it can contribute to improving tax compliance. Uh, prior to COVID pandemic, uh, uh, we ran roundtables of African finance ministers at uh, Center for Global Development. And during the discussions that uh, were held uh, at these roundtables, uh, some ministers noted how average taxpayer in the country was unwilling to pay taxes because they saw the rich not paying many taxes. So, um, so it's important to focus on the reform of PIT to be able to uh, improve tax compliance. So this brings me to my final point. Uh, again, drawn for some of the work that I was involved in. Uh, we know that COVID has lowered the tax stake in the average uh, uh, sub-Saharan African country uh, by between one to two percentage points. Uh, and the IMF projects that the recovery in these taxes will not happen for some years. So we ask the question whether COVID will induce countries to implement tax reforms to generate additional revenue. Uh, we found that past pandemics have induced countries to implement tax reforms in corporate income taxes, excises and trade taxes, but unfortunately not in personal income taxes. Uh, I'll stop here, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Sanjeev, that's uh, really interesting thoughts, and it's great to hear about some of the similar and some contrasting findings from your study. Uh, so I will directly hand it back to Hazel and Kyle to uh, react to your comments and uh, Nara's comments. And um, we have already collected a number of really good questions in the Q&A box. If you have any additional questions, please post them there. And uh, Kyle and Hazel are going to try to respond to as many of them as possible. Thank you. Thank you, and, and thanks very much, Nara and Sanjeev, for your very insightful comments, and uh, very interesting to hear your perspectives on that. Um, maybe I'll just say a, a few brief things in response, and then um, I'll let um, uh, Carl come in with anything else, um, so we have a bit of time for Q&A as well. Um, so to, to Nara's um, comments, um, definitely very interested to hear about um, the uh, the ATAF data bank, um, and you raise a lot of very interesting research questions that um, I'm sure will keep a lot of us busy for some time. Um, uh, definitely, you know, one of the things that springs to mind now is to, to start um, uh, linking this data to other data sets and, and certainly looking at um, the revenue performance um, against different reform episodes would be uh, very interesting to look at, and um, I agree that a lot of the questions you've raised are ones that also strung, uh, sprung to my mind as well, certainly in the um, uh, discussions that we've had with the countries that we work with as well in terms of the kind of policy questions that they're asking. Um, so it'd be very exciting to, um, to have a look more into that. Um, 
And uh, I think uh, you raised a question about um, the ILO data, which I think I'll leave for, for Kyle to um, speak about a bit more, if that's okay. Um, and also uh, very good to hear that uh, you'd be interested in more kind of policy briefs um, and um, uh, you know, um, kind of guidance and things like that from us, because um, it's the kind of work that uh, TaxDev has been um, trying to, to do more of. And certainly we, we do that um, kind of support with the, the country partners that we work with directly. Um, but we've also uh, published um, a number of other um, documents and briefs and emerging analysis on some of these um, issues that have a kind of wider um, interest across countries. And, and we'd be definitely interested to, to do more of that um, based on this data set uh, and also from the, the, some of the kind of research and conclusions coming out um, in terms of the, um, the policy implications. And we're very keen to work with anyone else who will be looking at this and sort of using the data and uh, definitely keen to engage and, and keep in touch with people um, to see what kind of uses they're putting this data to um, and certainly to help um, country policymakers to make use of it um, directly. That was certainly one of the purposes that, that we um, had in mind when we put the data together. As Kyle said at the beginning, it kind of stemmed from a lot of questions that we would get from our partners in, in terms of, you know, what are other countries doing? How do we compare? Um, what is good practice? Um, and so on. So, uh, yeah, we definitely hope that, that some of that will come out from this um, work. Um, and on um, uh, Sanjeev's uh, response, um, again, very uh, definitely agree with a lot of the um, uh, the kind of conclusions that, that you were trying to make there and, and interesting to, uh, to see how it links to and chimes with the kind of research that you've already been doing on this. Um, and it, it does um, also um, sound uh, similar to um, certainly our experiences from the individual countries we're working in. Um, we're also working on um, another paper um, which should be published later this year as well, um, looking at the implications of um, taxes and transfers or fiscal policy more broadly on inequality. Um, and so some of those questions and comments that you raised are very, uh, very pertinent to that, definitely. Um, and I think how that plays out in different uh, parts of the world, particularly in, in uh, sub-Saharan Africa, will be very interesting to, to look at more. Um, and certainly we, we've found that um, the tax base in those countries, um, uh, certainly the, the, the direct taxes that are raised are, are, are very narrow compared to the higher income countries and the extent to which that affects their uh, fiscal capacity to actually um, influence uh, the, the income distribution is therefore much more limited. And so that's an area that, um, uh, that, that needs further reform, you know, where, where possible. So I think your, your comments on that were uh, very welcome and um, I wonder whether in in some cases there seems to be a sort of trade-off between the urgent kind of need for revenue mobilization um, uh, versus the, the the sort of broader equity agenda um, and I think it would be interesting to to do more research on that and to kind of explore that um, the extent to which there is actually a trade-off there because as you said um, you know, the number of ways in which the two objectives can be um, mutually reinforcing, um, certainly around things like uh, improving tax compliance, like you said, 
um, but also the extent to which it's possible to, to do more in terms of progressivity and taxing the rich um, uh, that we sometimes see, uh, well, actually don't really see much in terms of reform um, across uh, a lot of countries, particularly in Africa, um, but where there may be very difficult political issues as well. So I'd be interested to kind of hear from others uh, and have more discussion around what their challenges are in, in actually doing that. Um, so I think um, I'll, I'll probably leave that there and see if Kyle wants to come in with any other specific um, uh, responses to, to those comments. Thank you, Hazel. And uh, Kyle, if I may suggest, um, if you want to, in addition to responding to the comments, also start picking up on some of the questions from the chat, that would be great because we have uh, excellent questions there and we're going to run out of time uh, in not too long. Sure. Thank you. <clears throat> okay, let me let me sort of briefly echo um, what Hazel said, and thanks to both Nara and Sanjeev for your for your comments um, and contributions, and they're they're all excellent points. Um, I think to respond sort of more directly to quickly to some of the points that Nara has made, um, yeah, I th I think a logical next step here is to start to is to start to understand. Um, to what extent does the policy design of the personal income tax actually affect the personal income tax take? And has reform um, over the past two or three decades actually affected that? Um, my sense is that there'll be there'll be a story there, um, but there's also a story on the compliance side, the administrative side. Um, um, and as you mentioned, the, 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 the side of taxing high net worth individuals. And it sometimes takes a country specific study to really dig into the depth of what happens after a reform. And there's some there's some ongoing work there. Um, but I, I think that, you know, at, at a cross country level, the, the ITD can definitely complement some of that work. Um, and I, I think, yeah, at, at the moment, I think we, we, we tried to say at the start that we're, we're currently documenting current practice. The next logical step is to to take that information and see what we can say about what might actually be best practice or better practice in terms of frequency of reform where should your top rate sit etc cetera, etc cetera. um take your point definitely about gdp as a share of the working age population that's a very useful sort of next step in getting somewhere closer somewhere closer to an accurate measure of 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 average wages over time um and and I, I think we should definitely look into that for future work um and to, to to respond very briefly to, to Sanjeev's comments, um, I think, um, yeah, the, the, the question of what have reforms meant for the income distribution um, are very interesting. And they're definitely something that we want to look into um, with the data. Um, my, my sort of worry is that data on income distributions and, you know, income distribution for the country as a whole will look very different to the income distribution for the small share of the country of many African countries that actually are subject to employment income tax. Um, and so there's there's again questions of whether we can actually get at um, the effect of what a, a reform to personal income tax would have on the income distribution. Um, but we can definitely dig a little bit deeper and sort of tunnel in the right direction toward finding those answers. Um, so and thank you very much for sharing your own um, your own research findings. And it's definitely very interesting to hear uh, to hear those. Um, let me then briefly take some take some. Should I take from the q and I think there's a few in. Uh, in there. Yeah, I think there is, um, should I flag some of them or would you like to pick? Um, let me just pick a few, um, I'm aware of time. So D David Phillips asked if there are plans to add information on the taxation of unearned income like dividends, um, there's potential for differences in rates compared to earned income. Um, 
none at this point no um it's we 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 definitely had to keep the focus quite narrow um and i think the, the, there's a there, if you start to try and account for taxation of dividends and other sorts of incomes, um, the quickly the scope of the data set becomes unmanageable. Um, and I think I, I mentioned toward the start that obviously, um, in addition to salary and wage earnings, um, there's a lot of income that should be taxed in many African countries, and that comes from other sources, from second jobs, from side businesses, etc., which might not necessarily, um. Be, be subject to the pay as you earn or to the personal income tax or, or, or is not being not being enforced. Um, but we we kept the focus um deliberately quite narrow. And I think I think for now we want to kind of keep it like that. Um, but that's 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 a, a, a fairly big limitation of of what we're doing here. Um, and let me see. I think John John Burton has said he's struck by the wide diversity of rates between African countries, presumably more diverse than in the EU. That that is what we've what we've noticed. Yeah, and um, for comp from comparisons that we've made with with OECD or European countries, um, at least at least based on the on the sums or the calculations that we've done so far, the diversity um, is 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 quite um, is quite larger for the African sample of countries. Um, I don't know the answer to the second part of the question, whether there is much debate about tax harmonization in the African Union. I can't I can't speak to that one, unfortunately. Um, uh, are there other questions that we should address? Uh, there's a question about um, the right benchmark for formal sector earnings and um, mm -hmm. whether there might be um, yeah, that might be a, an earnings indicator for just the formal sector that might be more appropriate than GDP per capita. There might be. Um, certainly not for 50, 50 odd countries for 25 years. Um, but it, in, increasingly there are, um, we mentioned the ILO data, um, which which does give a fairly coherent um, and cross-country cross comparable measure of average earnings, um, not every year, um, but for an increasing number of African countries. Um, and actually in, in, in ETAF's um, data bank, there are um, there are an increasing number of statistics on, for example, the number of, of personal income taxpayers, the amounts collected, et cetera, et cetera, that come directly from administrative data from revenue authorities. And so um, we can sort of look forward to the future where that data becomes more complete and allows for allows for a bit more um, analysis with that. Um, you know, I, I, ideally, we would have, you know, at least for, for a number of countries for panel of years, we, we could look at what the actual formal wage income distribution looked like, and then say something perhaps more, more specific on those particular countries, um, but uh, slightly more accurate um, in inverted commas. Um, but that data over time across so many countries is, is possibly never going to be, never, at least for the time period in the past, the last two or three decades doesn't really exist at this point. Thank you. Um, and there's also a point uh, discussing lack of equity and fairness um, in taxation and complexity of tax rules and taxpayers' perceptions. I guess at some point it would be interesting to link your data set with uh, data on the perceptions uh, of the tax system by taxpayers and see how reforms may or may not affect perceptions. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, it, it it may also it may also be interesting to look at what what you know we perceive as a fairly complex personal income tax system, and whether that affects perceptions of 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 tax paying in certain countries. Um, we haven't we haven't sort of 
nailed on you know criteria for what is or is not a complex system because i'm sort of very aware that that's grounded in my own experiences of the tax systems i've interacted with um but that could certainly be a, a fruitful a fruitful area for research yeah. thank you okay so i think that there's some additional questions but maybe these can be taken offline as we're uh, already running over time so uh let me conclude by thanking kyle and hazel for this very interesting uh presentation and for creating this really useful public good and many thanks to nara and sanjeev for excellent discussions and providing us a lot of food for thought um, I think, and, and also thanks to everybody here who has uh, attended and has engaged with this topic through your questions and comments. That's very much appreciated. And I think it has been a very fruitful event. Um, the event is being recorded and the recording, I believe, is going to be available online. Um, so uh, do share uh, this with any of your colleagues, co-authors or students who may not have been able to join and uh, help spread the word. Um, and I'm going to be a bit repetitive here, but we do look forward to staying in touch with you and uh, hearing from those of you who use the data in the future. So please do get in touch with uh, uh, Kyle and Hazel. And um, for now, I'm just wishing you a nice rest of your day and of your week. Thank you very much.